I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everyone. It is all in sports. Jake Seeley, your host, as always. Good show today. Great show today. One of my favorite people in the industry. We'll get to that in a second. But as a reminder, as always, the time to win the Michael Thomas sign Saints helmet, mini helmet, is almost over. The end of the month is coming. Get your entries in. I will let you know as a hint, by the way, you don't have a lot of contestants to go up against. You have high odds. Hint, hint. So go out there, rate, review, put it on iTunes, subscribe, all that stuff. I'd love you to give me five stars, but you know, you don't have to. You're not going to be eliminated from the contest if you don't. But I would appreciate if you do, if you do really enjoy the show and enjoy the fact that it's free because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, want to do things and I'm keeping this free for you guys two days a week. So go out there, do all that, take a screenshot, tweet it to me, make sure I respond and give you a thumbs up to acknowledge that I got it from you so I can have all the entries together for the drawing, for that contest. Same thing, we have another contest over the Patreon page, patreon.com front slash all in sports. That one is just, you just sign up for the Patreon and you're entered. And that one's a signed Keenan Allen jersey, so an actual full jersey. So you can enter both of those, do it, do it now. And we're going to talk some fancy football today, a lot of fun. And let's jump into it with, you know, I say a lot of times like, hey, this guy is one of my favorites and stuff like that. You know, this is like industry talk, but today is legitimately one of my favorites because he's one of the best guys in the industry. And I know like you won't say that like I, I, it's funny because as I'm about to say this, Pat Mayo from DraftKings from, you know, look, you know where to find Pat, but just in case I'll let him give you the whole shebang after I do this. But I feel like hanging out in person, we're just kind of like, eh, we would, be, we would be like acquaintances, not great friends. But for some reason, like the online this interaction relationship, like I, I consider you like one of my best friends in the industry, even though I don't think we'd hang out a lot if it was in person. No, I mean, we, we tried hanging out in person before. I don't think our personalities go together. Our lifestyles don't mesh together. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, but I mean, we love talking football. So we get together, we talk football. And let's, let's be real here. It's, it's tough because you host the show too. It's tough to have a guest come on and like fire at you at all times. That always <laughs> makes the best show. And you, sir, are not afraid to fire back at me and my outrageous bad takes. No, that is true. So speaking of which, uh, like I said, I'm sure most of the people who know me or listen to me have also seen me on your show and know of you. But just in case, give them the full rundown because there's a hell, like you are, if there's other people out there, like one of the hardest working people, like that's not, oh, oh, oh this cliche of hard work. No, that never stops working. No, I, I, I'm doing nine shows a week. So you can check those out on the DraftKings YouTube page. You can check it out on the audio feeds, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Android my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Twitter, all at the PME, dkplaybook.com. I got fantasynational.com, all the golf work that comes out. So I'm, I'm kind of everywhere. The Facebook page is like, although Facebook is terrible, it is a good way <laughs> to keep like the running list of everything that's going on. So you don't need to like casually check in, but if you ever think that you missed something, everything gets posted there. Yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't realize that you had that much on there. I, this was that for the grandmas and aunts and uncles and stuff like that over on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So anyone over the age of forty can really like <laughs> dig in to the page, but it's really like it's it's honestly just a list. So there's no like extra commentary. It just gets posted once. So everything comes out in like chronological order. So. Oh well, that's that's actually very helpful. I see. I got I got rid of Facebook years and years ago. Basically, it was because you know how it is. I, you go on there and everybody's trying to argue for something. And I've always said, I've never gone on Facebook and been like, wow, that was a well-reasoned and thought-out approach. I think I'm going to change my opinion. I go the other way. I go seek out these people having the most ridiculous debates about anything. I, I love reading the comment section on things. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> That's a, I, I'm sure it can get that. I look. You, you, do you read your comments on the YouTube pages? Oh, you good God, no. I mean, I don't okay. want to hear comments. Of, listen, I know how like terrible the internet is. I don't need to hear stuff about me. That, that, that can't be good. 
Okay. All right. All right. Fair. Fair enough. All right. So let's jump into, you know what? I really want to get to this at some point. We are going to get to it at some point. I want to talk worst place with Pat because worst place is the best place for discussion, but we're going to get to that in a minute. The Fortnite suspension, it's obviously going to be resolved by, like, look, somebody listened to this on Thursday. You might have the answer already. And then as Pat always says, oh, well, just get right past it. I don't have, like, timestamps like he does for you, which is also very helpful. No, so, Jake. No, no. How come you don't change it live? <laughs> Exactly. This is the kind of stuff that we get in the comments. All right, so Leonard Fournette, if he's out this week, are you leaning towards Carlos Hyde over TJ Yeldon? Because I am, and I'm kind of curious other people's opinions on this. Yeah, I did. I haven't done up my uh, my rankings yet for the week. However, my waiver wire rankings, I moved Carlos Hyde as a plug-and-play up to third this week, only behind Edwards and Austin Eckler, just because I, I do think it's going to be him. He fits, now that he's more integrated into this offense, uh, without Fournette that I don't necessarily think he takes over the Fournette role of like 30 carries, but I could see him getting 20 carries depending on game flow. You have to think that the Jags keep this close against the Colts and you know, by the spread, it's three points right now. So they expected Vegas at least expects it to be a field goal game at home. It, it seems like a ground and pound game, even with Cody Kessler at quarterback. So I think that you can mine some value. I don't know how, I don't know how effective it's going to be, but in a week where you could be down Leonard Fournette and you need someone to plug in, you didn't get one of these waiver wire guys. He'll probably be, I'm guessing, like running back 23 for me for the week with Yeldon being like, uh, Yeldon's obviously more, more, will be higher ranked in a PPR, more valuable in a PPR. But he'll be like running back number 31, 32. That's, that's at least what I'm thinking in my head canon of where they're going to be in the rankings. Okay, you know, it's funny you say that, and you're like you talk about that little comment section before too, is because as as we're talking about the show, I pulled up my waiver column just to make sure they're getting notes I left from last night that I maybe didn't send to you. And one of the comments immediately was like, "No Chicago Bears into streaming defenses." Like, do you understand what a streaming defense is? <laughs> like, yeah, people do. I, I actually write it at the top. I have two things in my column, being like, "Look, it's like, oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, time out, Pat. Time out, time, hold on." You tell me what you do, but I just want you to know. So the very top of the article, Pat, the very top, <laughs> week 13 fantasy football waiver wire pickups in bold, the very next sentence in italics, heads up, players must be under 60% owned on Yahoo. And see, my, mine has, has to be under 60% owned on ESPN. So the comments that I always get are just like, well, they're not available in my league. It's like, well, that's great, man. This isn't a column for your league. Specific. <laughs> I also got why no mention of Dan Arnold. I, I rank Dan Arnold. I like Dan Arnold. Where did you rank him? Like 16th at tight ends to pick up? Yeah, I'm like third. Of what, on his 12 snaps? I'd rather pick up Dan Aykroyd. No, no, no. Would you rather pick up Matt Lacoste? Oh, no. But, I mean, if we're going that far. I mean, there's no tight ends to pick up is the problem. Well, all right. So here's the title. Look, would you pick up, you wouldn't pick up Arnold over any of these and all these guys are under 60% owned. Herndon, Uzma, Smith, Rhett Ellison. I take all those. No, I, I, I mean, I would have Herndon ahead of him. I, I go Brate, Herndon, Arnold. Wow. All right. Well, then tell me why. I can't get into 12 snaps. He still had less snaps than Ben Watson. Fewer snaps, Jake. Come on now. Uh, uh, the, the problem is, it seems like they are willing to use, it's, it's almost like Eric Ebron in a weird way. Where, I know. You can start Eric. I mean, now Eric Ebron's like the smash play of the century. If you if you held on to Eric Ebron, he's like a top three tight end now. But with Arnold, it's just you're getting access to this offense. And even though there's three tight ends, like that makes him better than CJ Uzuma, unfortunately, who gets 15 targets and two catches. Well, that's yeah, that's because eight of them came from Jeff Driscoll. So I mean, really, I actually pulled that up. I looked through the game log. He had 13 targets, six receptions, and 39 yards. Eight targets came from Jeff Driscoll. He only caught two of them. And the problem is, like, I mean, it, maybe that, that shows you know, a great rapport that Driscoll <laughs> has with uh, Secret of the Uzma. But, you know, they're not going to be well, – maybe they will be down by 30 points every game. They look pretty terrible. But it's just a situation where, I don't know, if I'm, if I'm just going to plug and play a tight end, you say it all the time that if a tight end scores a touchdown, they're a tight end one for the week. Right. And if you like, give me the choice between like even Kyle Rudolph on that list, like Rudolph, Johnny Smith, who apparently scores a touchdown on one drive and doesn't do anything the rest of the game, but like Ricky Seals Jones, oh, Michael, no. <laughs> Michael Roberts, like these types of guys, like it's Brait, clearly number one. It's Herndon, I think, clearly number two. And then like, let me roll the dice on Dan Arnold. Why not? 
I'll tell you the one. I would actually, I would 100% go Rhett Ellison as long as Evan Ingram's out because the Giants insist on using a tight end and Eli Manning insists on using his tight end and will continue to throw to Rhett Ellison eight times a game despite having Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. He'll still keep going to Rhett Ellison. So I, as long as Ingram's out, I would take Ellison. It is a part of their covert tanking problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, it's not really a problem. They found a solution for it. But I, I know. I went through this whole Rhett Allison thing earlier in the year when Ingram was out. I, the guy that benefits the most when Ingram's out generally is Sterling Shepard. It is, but he, he didn't get involved. That do we want to give Shermer enough credit to say that was the smartest way to tank last week? Was that it? Like it looked like they really tried, but they still lost the game. If that's what you want to give him credit for, I think it's like a bit of both. <laughs> You think he's just that bad also? I think that there was an element of him being really bad. Sure. What did Rhett, what did Rhett Ellison even do last week? Rhett Ellison. 77 yards? Yeah, he yeah. doesn't get to play the – unfortunately, he doesn't play the Eagles every week. But the Eagles had, had been somewhat decent against tight ends this year. Yeah, but they lost all of their players. Yeah, I mean, that is true. I mean, who do the Giants have this week? And I'm a Giants fan. I don't even know who they're playing this week because I'm so checked out. I don't even care. I'm just annoyed when they actually win games. I don't think it's a – They've oh, they got the Bears. Never mind. <laughs> scratch that they <laughs> got the bears all right so oh can, can you can you rate my playoff pickups sure okay so I, I had a quarterbacks 14 to 16 yes that you can go feasibly pick up off the waiver wire and play throughout the playoffs right now if you wanted to now two of them are awful so you probably don't want to play them the top three Dak Lamar Jackson Case Keenum those three guys still pretty widely available the other two are Josh Rosen and Josh Allen but uh. they have Really awesome matchup. Dak goes Philly, Indy, Tampa in the playoffs. I actually, so it's funny you asked that. It's because last week for my matchups column, I included the rest of the season outlook and including this upcoming week because he has this, or that last, yeah, this upcoming week with the Saints, he's got four of the best games on the slate. So I I think Dak would definitely be number one for me. And then defenses, Denver has like a a lights out. Oh, yes. Throughout the playoffs. I guess that's that was my default answer for about the past three weeks. Of like, who would you pick up for the play? Like Denver, but they play what? Just put them on your bench if you want to stash a defense. You asked if I want to stash a defense, stash the, I didn't say stash and put them in your lineup. I said just stash the Broncos. What was the I mean, you, quarterbacks? Because you got me looking at the table. Uh, it was Lamar Jackson and Case Keenan. So Lamar is <sighs> at Kansas City against Tampa Bay Chargers. The only thing that scares me about that is two things: is one, he's got Chargers in Championship Week, and then two. <laughs> Yeah, and still, that's that's concerning enough, at least from the passing game, especially when he doesn't pass to begin with. I don't know that he's the quarterback for the rest of the season. I want to believe he is, but, I mean, do you really think – let's talk about that for a second. Do you really think that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback for the rest of the season for the Ravens? Well, uh, yeah, I do. So, the nah, – maybe not. It depends on what he does against <laughs> Tampa. He'll start the Tampa game because he'll get the – actually, who do they play this week? Who does uh, – Ravens play Atlanta. Okay, so maybe in Atlanta, on, in Atlanta, by the way, maybe it depends on what he does this week because the, the KC game will just be a mulligan across the board. And I actually think that he is the perfect guy to start against Kansas City. So I can get my theory on that. But against Atlanta, maybe Atlanta's checked out. But if he wins this game, he wins three in a row. He's starting the rest of the year. I think I think so. But this whole well, we could use Flacco for some, and you. Uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh's grasping. He's trying to. He's trying to save his job at this point because you know that there's been the talk about that. So I think that's my only concern is that hey, as to your point, he struggles for a little bit. He's going to go back to Flacco to make sure he can win a few games for the rest of the season. So that's my biggest concern. Yeah, but if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, I, I wouldn't fire Harbaugh regardless, even if they lost the rest of their games. Yeah, you and I talked about that. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think he's one of the best coaches in football. Maybe people are just tired of listening to him in Baltimore. Uh, but he would be he would have to be the number one unless his brother leaves Michigan that he would have to be the number oh, one no, his brother is wildly overrated I feel like his brother's good for like two three years uh even that if he was good for two or three years he would have just got steamrolled by Ohio State so you know there you go I, I don't really pay attention I it's <laughs> really hard like college is so much recruiting as a coach than it is like coaching as a coach that right. I think he's just a good coach yeah, I don't know if I necessarily buy into him being a good coach. If people want this next and up-and-coming magic trick guys or whatever, I tell you what, who should be the next name for everybody out there? And I know you said you don't want college, so I'm just telling everybody in general. Is the offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish because they went – and I'll, you could you, – here, here, tell this to Cust when you, you see him. 
Tell him I said that the next up-and-coming coach to the NFL that people should people look at is the offensive coordinator for the Irish because that team went from fuddling along, not being able to do much, to being one of the best offenses in the nation. He's going to be a hot name in like a year. Watch. Okay. I just, I just want, I want to see Cus get all fired up about that. Oh, he will, but then he'll be devastated that like an offensive coordinator is leaving. <laughs> uh, let's just look just face the facts they're going to get slaughtered in whatever that first game of the playoffs is anyway god i hope so that would be amazing i don't but i'm i'm a realistic notre dame fan like i know we could contend and beat a lot of the seven through 15 schools you're telling me clemson or alabama are like no nah, they're, they're just going to get destroyed so case keenum same as Denver's D, same schedule, big shocker. But yeah. at San Francisco, home against Cleveland, at Oakland in the fantasy championship. The Cleveland game's not so great, and it's Case Keenum. So uh, Case Keenum would be far third. I just, again, worry about the Lamar Jackson part of it. I, 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 Cleveland is a neutral matchup. It's not a bad matchup. It's not a good matchup. It's a neutral matchup. It is when you're, de- it's when you're Case Keenum, and then you have the fact that you do have one great corner, which obviously probably won't take away much of Emmanuel Sanders because Sanders will be running mostly in the slot. But you're just still going to leave him with Emmanuel Sanders, and that's it. Um, and Matt Lacoste. Oh, of course. Isn't that the brand of shirts that has the alligator on it? Yeah, if you wanted to be like a like if you wanted to be a douchebag in like a mid two thousands or even late nineties rom com that was like around <laughs> college, you would wear a Lacoste shirt. The the polo with the stripes going across. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is too true. All right, let's go back real quick. The Bengals situation. Speaking of being checked out and things, Andy, we talked about it with Jeff Driscoll's now quarterback. Do you think Andy AJ Green possibly stays out for the rest of the year? Like, should those owners be that concerned at this point? Yeah, I would. I, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, what, what point is there to bring A.J. Green back unless they're trying to save Marvin Lewis's job, which, good God, why would they want to do that? I don't know why they would want to do that, and they already talked about Marvin Lewis moving into the front office. Yeah, and <laughs> making Hugh the head coach. I know. You know that Hugh got booed on the screen by both fan bases in that game? Good. He was the worst. Uh, I can't believe that. Was, wow. That, that's like, that's taking the Browns to another level. The Bengals have to do that. I, I apologize for everybody out there. That's a Cincinnati Bengals fan. If that ever happens, you have my blessing to switch teams. I just, I'm just telling you right now. Um, just, don't ha- just don't have a team. It's so much easier. It is. I got to tell you, if when it comes to baseball and boycotting the Mets, it's been the most refreshing thing in, in years. Yeah, so you just don't get bogged down by anything. No, I, my buddy texted. He's in the Republic of Georgia for his job, and he sent me a text and said, what do you think about what the, the, the Mets did with the GM? And I said, I literally don't know what you're talking about. I have to go look. I, I stopped paying attention. It's refreshing. Like Junior Mints. All right. <laughs> Very refreshing. Exactly. Marvin Jones is done for the year, Pat. Have you ever been to the Republic of Georgia? Go, go swimming in the Black Sea? No, I have. I have the only time I've ever been out of the country was up to see you in Canada. Oh, I see. You got to get over to. I mean, you go. You can just do a quick, like, northern Middle East trip. You can go to. You you could go to Ankara or Ankara, and you go to Turkey. Then you could swing into Georgia. Quick it right over to Armenia, then Azerbaijan. What a trip! (laughs) All right, and who's funding this trip? I don't know. I think once you get over there, it's not too expensive. You just got to get there. You just got to get there. And then how am I getting from place to place? Just doing like joining up with some family in a caravan? Yeah, but I mean, your American dollars could go a long way. <laughs> uh, I just say I don't know the exchange rate over there. I guess that's. A I, I assume it's it's low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look look at the Canada dollar compared to the American dollar. I mean, you know what that's like. Oh, it, it's fantastic. The, the 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 less valuable the Canadian dollar can be, the better it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> All right, let me go back. I was trying to bring up Marvin Jones before we sidebar on like national trips that are international trips that we're not taking. What are you doing with Marvin Jones situation for the fact of, do you really think this helps anybody on this team? I think it, it makes sure that Galladay is like it, the floor of Galladay is solidified for the rest of the year. So you can basically pencil him just on volume alone as a top 15 wide receiver with the potential for bigger games than that, just because he's going to see around double digit targets every single week. And I think as long as he's healthy, it does make Bruce Ellington a great floor PPR guy, not someone that you like actively want to start, but if you had him, he wouldn't let you down completely. If you played him, like he's going to have a lot of like four for 45 to seven for 75 games. And if he scores a touchdown, then he's like a top 20 guy. So I, I think that, 
Floor-wise for those two guys, that's what it solidifies. All right, that's fair. All right, so let's talk about the other one then. And you already alluded to it with the Eric Ebron, but with no more Jack Doyle, I'm not talking about Eric Ebron. I want to talk about, can I get you excited about the in-man? Can, can we go there? Listen, I'm always in on the in-man. The problem is, what the hell is the other guy's name, the other tight end? It's not, it's not ha-ha oh, dicks. It's, no, Mo, <laughs> Mo Ali Cox. Mo Ali Cox, yeah. It's one of these weird hyphenated last names, which I'm really against. I really think that I don't think we've ever seen a good hyphenated athlete ever, but that guy's going to start stealing some touchdowns. If swoop comes back, he'll steal some touchdowns that with anyone outside of Hilton and Ebron. And I guess Mac, if he's healthy enough to play that it's, it feels like it's going to be spread around every week. Inman would be the next receiver I would go to, but you can't tell me that he's going to be substantially better than some other loser. You can pick up off the waiver wire. You know, I'm I'm on a, I found a Reddit, just I typed in best athletes hyphen and there's actually a reddit of best hyphenated players of all time who's number one Maurice Maurice Jones Drew oh yeah that's true I don't see I I I don't even think that's a hyphenated last name see that's what I was thinking I don't um uh, let's check right now the power of the Google I didn't think it was hyphenated I thought it was just Maurice well no it is hyphenated according to pro football reference there you go have you ever met anyone else with the last name Drew? Mm, not that I could think of. That's usually a first name. Yeah. It really, it really falls off from there. Because then you got Darius Hayward Bay, Mike Sims Walker. <laughs> uh, who else? Oh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. That was fun for a while. The law firm. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, so, yeah. We're forgetting somebody right now, Pat. Wide receiver. Steelers. Oh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, and there you go, right there. That's easy. He's probably the best one. He, well, I don't know. He's got he's got to live up to Maurice Jones-Drew first. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. uh, maybe. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster just became what the fourth fastest player to whatever the hell yards he got to. I don't know, but if his career ended tomorrow, you would still take Maurice Jones-Drew. Why can't I say Maurice Jones-Drew anymore? I guess I, I don't know. yes, you're you're right. If if his career ended today, I would take MJD. Yeah, but. I, Juju is on pace to be the best hyphenated player ever. And that okay, that's true. Yes, especially with the with oh the other one too, Akbar Jabala Jahalabala, whatever that guy's name was. You remember that guy? He's on the NFL Network now. Oh Life yeah, he hosts uh, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Oh, he does. I believe so. That, that thing is still going. It's I know. Such... I tell Cus that it's rigged and it gets him very triggered. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It's such a cheap, like watered down version anyway. Like. If anybody's ever seen the original, the Asian one is like you—you you don't have this unlimited time to get through the course. If you suck and you're that slow, you don't get through. And it's just—it's such a watered-down version. Yeah, but it's—it's it's better for TV because you know it's Americanized, so the budget is higher. And if you let them go as long as they want, you can then cut it into them seeming faster than they are. No, oh, see, the magic of television is what you're telling me. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's get back to football. So I, I, I'm out on Inman. <laughs> All right, so you're out on Inman. I, I thought yeah, it was like one of your favorites, too, just because. I do. Listen, if you need someone to go plug and play, sure, you want to take a DraftKings flyer, by all means. But I don't know. I, 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 can never, I can't envision myself starting him in any fantasy league. Yeah, especially like, you couldn't ever roster him in a seasonal. Yeah. Would you rather – all right, between the two mans, would you rather roster Inman or Eightman? Eight man for sure. Okay. Even though he only caught what three of those ten targets for sixteen. That's against Baltimore. That's pretty tough. He Oakland actually has a pretty soft schedule coming up, uh, especially for the passing game. Now whether they can convert on that, who knows? But you know, give me the guy getting ten targets a game. Uh, yeah, that's fair. All right, look, I agree with you. I was just trying to play devil's advocate. All right, another situation. Melvin Gordon. I don't like this. Is you know what, Chargers, you deserve it. You, you, we go through this entire week. We're going to hold them out. There's no reason to push it in a game against the frigging Cardinals. And then what happens? Melvin Gordon comes out, gets hurt. Now he's missing multiple weeks. We have, earlier this year, we saw the Eckler situation over in London. That team only ran 44 plays in that game. Here's the good news, Pat, as I'm sure you well know, because part of what you do, too, which is so great with your waiver piece every Monday, is you also include running back snap counts, is that he had 42 of those 44 snaps. Now, <coughs> 
I don't necessarily expect him to get that kind of workload going forward because of his size. And you have Justin Jackson, who's nice in the back. But it's more about Jackson. Well, it was, it's about both of them. Eckler to you, where is he as long as Gordon's out? Like top 15 must start, 20, you might have other options. And then Justin Jackson, are you grabbing him anywhere like in a PPR league? Uh, I think in a deeper PPR league, you should grab him just as a handcuff. <laughs> I mean, even if that's all it's going to be. The, the problem with these waiver wire columns is, I mean, people do have a legitimate case. Like, hey, this guy's not available in my league. It's like, yeah, but we have to go on some sort of baseline to write about something. So right. Austin Eckler is probably owned in most leagues. So then you just go pick up Jackson and say, like, I think Jackson could play upwards of 45% of the snaps if things break his way. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it's in the range of outcomes if they just turn to him as being the guy on the ground and basically keep Eckler in the role that he's been in. Now, I think that Eckler ends up playing like 70 to 80 percent of these snaps be involved probably 10 to 15 carries on the ground but really soak up all of the receiving work and frankly that's the most valuable part of the Chargers offense at running back I mean that's really where Melvin Gordon makes his bones he gets the goal line work and he catches all these passes he leads that team in red zone targets so if you can just transfer that over to Eckler he's going to be really valuable and I think I would throw him like top 15 sounds right I think with everyone being healthy in an ideal world, like he's in that mix with like Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, like that type of player. Yeah, I would agree with you on there. So uh, I would say, are you looking to use him in DraftKings this week? That's, I guess, a good question because are you feel like this is going to be the chalkiest chalk of the chalk. Yeah, chalkiest chalk of the chalk is fine for running backs, to be perfectly honest with you, because running backs really, game flow dictates what they do. They can... It's just they're guaranteed touches. The problem with chalky receivers is you still rely on game flow and the quarterback to get them the ball, that right. they're always better fades than they are for anything else. So the millionaire maker is a hundred bucks this week. Is it really? For the hundredth millionaire maker. Good, good on you, DraftKings. Look at you. Oh, so okay. someone like Eckler is the thing is he's not even on the main slate this week. He's on the Sunday night game. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right. I so you look put- up his price. I was just like, yeah, no, I, I was like, I don't remember seeing his price. Are you going to put him in your captain spot? Uh, probably not. No, I'm so bad at showdown though. <laughs> Talk to Colin I, Drew. Call, just follow whatever Colin Drew does. I think he's won three times now. Has he really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how he did in the last nights? Oh no, he yeah he came. Whatever the last catch of the game was, because the guy who had the winning, the guy who had the winning lineup last night had the, like a third string. Anthony the, the, Anthony Fersker. Yeah, he was in the lineup. Ferkser? Yeah. And Ferkser had like a catch at the end of the game, and that moved him ahead of Colin into first place. <laughs> I'm looking right now at the one. I did the $3 one, and I'm looking right now. Yeah, Lamar Miller in his captain spot. Corey Davis, Ferkser at 1.3% own, Mariota, Thomas, and Watson. So there you go. Yeah, my, my strategy of playing both defenses, both, both kickers and both quarterbacks did not work out. I thought it would be a much lower scoring game. <laughs> that would have been terrific. I would have loved to see that work out. That, that lineup's worked before this year. That's a really interesting way to build. Like, if you think it's going to be like a crap game, the problem is all these primetime games, I'll go over the number. Yeah, well, especially now that they're flexing a lot of them. So that's yeah. the problem is too. All right. So speaking of Lamar Miller, this is what I said I wanted to get to with you. is because for the people that don't know you, and should know you, but you also have worst place where you refuse to rank. Actually, I'll let you explain it. You explain worst place to everybody. So guys can get out of worst place they really want, but worst place guys are just guys I have no interest in playing ever. Just they're the worst people to have on your team because the weeks that you start them, they're terrible. And then like Sammy Watkins should really be in worst place because he's a prime candidate for worst place. But I have too many receivers on that list. Just guys I, I never draft. I have no interest. Like it's tough to rank guys you don't own ever. I guess one of the reasons that like quote unquote experts play in a lot of leagues, because it gives you real situations to like, do I play this guy or do I play this guy? It really does help. But like, I've never owned Mark Ingram because he's the worst. Uh, <laughs> Jordy Nelson, like now that he's on the Raiders, like just Raiders in general, they've really collected a lot of the worst place guys. Like Doug Martin is one now. Like did anyone start Doug Martin last week against Baltimore? No. What do you do? Score a touchdown at his best game of the year. Now everyone's going to start Doug Martin this week. And he's going to be awful. Lamar Miller got himself, off that list only because he stopped being overhyped. People had a very like reasonable baseline for Lamar Miller. That got him at a worse place. Someday it might happen to Mark Ingram, where people just kind of think like, you know what he is? He's a flex at best. That that's really all he is. He's gonna have his good games, 
He's going to have his bad games. He'll go on a few runs, but ultimately what he will do is hex your team and bring you down. <laughs> and that's why I said, look, I, if you forgot one of the biggest ones and the one that I was there with you lockstep since day one because it was somebody that before I even met you was I didn't have the terminology of worst place for me. But Jared Cook, you left out Jared Cook. Oh, yeah, Jared, Jared Cook has been in worst place for like eight years. Yeah, he is the king. Him and Mark Ingram, which are for you for Mark Ingram. I remember trying to debate Mark Ingram with you. But I want to I make a case. How is Lamar Miller not – how did he get off the list? Because look at this year. We had the same thing happen to us this year. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. Faces the Colts, nothing. Faces the Bills, all right, well, maybe it's the Bills defense or whatever. But then Jacksonville has a huge game with a touchdown and 100 yards. And then Denver that supposedly funnels their you know defense and running backs can do well at nothing. And then last night against Tennessee's good run defense, he goes banana. Like, Lamar Miller, I feel like, should be there. But there's no expectation for Lamar Miller. I think that's the difference. Well, so that's the problem. Is like you're always on, he's always on your bench until you're like, well, now I guess I got to start him. Yeah, but he's always like – the thing with Lamar Miller, at least now, is that people drafted him as a low-end running back, too, as a flex, and that's what he is. So no one saying, ever thinks Lamar Miller is going to, like, do really well. Even when he's in a good matchup, like, you see rankings, you hear people talking, it's like, yeah, but he's Lamar Miller. He, he never gets overranked. Where Mark Ingram has one good game, it's like, oh, he's the best running back. He's better than Kamara. Okay. All right. I'm down. Then, all right. Then let me try and make a case for somebody, though. I've told you for weeks for this on your show. Adrian Peterson, has he made it to worst place yet? No, only because Cust hasn't figured out. If he wasn't, he definitely would be in worst place. (laughs) How does Cust have him figured out? He's he's called every week we do is it an AP week or is it not an AP week? And we're now into what? Week 12? Week 13. He's got it right every week except for one. Seriously? Seriously. How? Like, what is his, what's his logic? He, because that's Cuss' whole thing. He has no logic. That's why he can figure it out. <laughs> so, oh wait, so what was the one game he got wrong? Do you remember? Last, last week. The Dallas game, he thought he was going to have a good game? Yep. All right. So, well, now, what if it's all downhill from here? Well, then, I mean, there's no way. I mean, maybe, maybe he's played well enough this year to play himself into another contract. I don't know. Maybe going into next year. Oh, I got a Twitter question. Do you want to answer it for me? Sure, sure. I love Twitter questions. I have Dan. You have Dan Arnold at third in your tight end waiver wire. Do you think he has value? Question mark. <laughs> I'm going to respond. No, it's a gag ranking. <laughs> uh, it's that's it's the best. It's the best and the worst at the same time. Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, legitimately, because I, I you know, I make smarmy comments like that, too. They're like, you just hate answering questions. I said, no, I like trolling the trolls. Like, you know, it gives me joy. Otherwise, I'd be insane. Just, there's no way to get away from it. We'd, we would be running into the walls, banging our heads into everything if we didn't get that, like, release, Pat. Yeah, and it, I mean, in the live shows that I do now, we do the viewer questions at the end, and I just ban people for life from the, from the chat if they ask stupid questions or if they oh, ask about nice. Mark Ingram. Nice. Now, they're not really banned for life because they can come back the next time. They're just banned until the end of the chat. But it really <laughs> makes people very upset. Like the amount of like private emails that I've got, like you've lost a fan. The problem is, I mean, it's not really a problem. It's great that people love banned for life. <laughs> like people get very excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've kind of made it a thing. <laughs> yeah. So all it really does is teaches people like, the reason we brought it in is because people were just clogging up the chat. It was hard to get to everyone's questions because people were asking stupid questions. People were trying to answer other people's questions, asking the same question like five times in a row if it wasn't immediately answered. Because oh, you, know, yeah. you go in the line, just be like, just ask it once and we can get through all of these. But then people go, you know, gumming up the works. So you ban them for life. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like the Sunday show has become really, really good. Monday show is still not so good. But the Sunday show for the live chat, like we answer like, 400 questions in 30 minutes because people do I start this guy or this guy it's like perfect well, I can answer that one super quickly and we can move on to the next one see if it's uh, that's why I did check the link is because now I can do my chats and everybody who just says who do I start bam check the link and then I get the other questions like do I drop this person should I straight like whatever do I make this trade so I can get to the questions that you can't answer by checking the link that's why I did it and people get upset uh, they do I got, hey I got one for you since we're doing that Pat do you, do you think Pettis is a good week 13 steamer? Ooh, I don't know. He could be a good steamer. <laughs> uh, you have any interest in the passing game for the 49ers? Well, Goodwin's going to be back, isn't he? 
I well, I thought he was going to be back last week until late in the week. So, yeah, well, he, but it was a it was a personal reason. I'm not sure what that personal reason is, but I, if he's back, I have no interest in this. Yeah, but do you have any interest in Goodwin? Even I mean, that's a, like the entire passing. No, game. but like yeah. I would. There's it's the box. I'm thinking that from this more of like a, a DraftKings perspective that Last I week. would add some interest in Pettis if Goodwin didn't play. Okay. Who do they just have? Cause this? So, just because he's so cheap. Yeah, but see, last week was also the Buccaneers is what I was saying. I don't even, who do the, you know, off the top of your head while I'm checking to waste time to see who the they're Niners? Oh, they no, they're in Seattle. Forget that. Yeah, I mean, I prefer, if Garcon is out, I just prefer Bourne. But like, oh, no. Holy I hell, Pat. Just drop the damn 49ers off. Just forget. At Seahawks, Broncos, and Seahawks again to finish out. Oh, and Bears for the next four weeks. Yeah, it's not great. No. Forget the 49ers. Forget they exist. Just move on. Uh, all right. Now, are you saying that, uh, that you're not picking up Jeff Wilson? No, I'm not picking up Jeff Wilson. Uh, or, or Kendrick Bourne or Richie James or any of them. None of them. Hey. I want another one. I want to put it because specifically because of last night. Because he's on his team, and this would be a quick turnaround, can Demarius Thomas be in last place? Ah, it's too early for that. Too quick? Too quick. I don't know. I just kind of feel like last night, after getting one target and zero catches, and then he bounces back with two touchdowns, and now we're going to start him, and next week he's going to do nothing. I feel like he's going to have a good case. If Kiki's out, it's hard to do it. Oh, okay, well, yeah, if Kiki misses time. All right. Kiki's, Kiki's going to miss time. He hurt his hamstring for the third time this year. I say, Oh, he, I didn't know he got hurt in the game. I missed that news. Yeah, he hurt his, he hurt his hamstring and left. That's why DT had the big game. I, I thought Kiki was still out there, though. I don't think so. I thought, I thought, he, was, I thought he left. He was out for, like, he was limping around. Uh, I was kind of in and out. I was riding the waiver. I'm checking right now. Yeah, I, I, once they, once... Tennessee punted down three scores with five minutes left. I was like, all right, that's enough for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, 27 snaps. So there you go. And I kind of got, it, got it to that review of that game yet. And you said Eric Ebron, but you said top three. You already answered that question. Is there? Can we put the entire – so this is now my last one for you, Pat. And I want to put an entire group in there, not just one person. I want to classify it as a group. The Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers. I kind of feel like they deserve worst place because it's, hey – it's now Moncrief, and then he does nothing. Hey, it's now Didi, and then he does nothing. And then guess what? Didi shows up last week, and now it's going to be Didi again. And then it's not, because you know why? It's going to be Keelan Cole, and then it's going to be DJ Chark, and then it's going to be Dante. I feel like we should just put the entire group together in worst place. Didi's been pretty good this year. No, he was good until he wasn't. Let's see, 17, (laughs) yeah, 18, 4, 9, 12, 6, 13, 8, 25, Six, seventeen, ten. Exactly. He's what, all but, over the map. But what? Yeah. But what do you reasonably like? No one's just like, hey, you know who's great on my team because I'm good is D.D. Westbrook. He's like a bench wide receiver. He's fine. No, he's in PPR. People, like, he's twenty eighth on the year. People like try to find ways to start him because you miss those big games, and that's what. That's what. See, for me, for worst place, the, the Jared Cook has always been because. You want to find the spots you can use them. You want to use them because you see those games, and then you put them in, and you don't ever hit them because you're trying to chase them, and you, there's zero predictability. Yeah, but he's a bench wide receiver. I see. I think he's a little bit better than the bench wide receiver. If but, you're but gonna obviously be, not. You want to put him in worse place. Uh, no, I do, but that, there's a difference. I mean, you, I think you understand. Like at KC, Didi does nothing. That's the thing. It's like you, you get good matchups and he does nothing. You get bad matchups, Buffalo, 44 and a touch. Listen, if you're in a pinch and you don't have a receiver to play, Didi's a fine guy to plug in. That's how he should be used. I just want to add somebody to your freaking list. No, you make your own list. <laughs> I do that all the time. There we go. Then you can put Didi in. I can't use worst place. That, that's trademark. Exactly. I know. That's, you can come up with something else. All right. Well, all right. Here, you know what? I got another one for you, similar to Didi and similar to all. Are you Adam Humphreys guys? Are you because you're, you're Hump Daddy? Are you? Is I, I mean, I've been on Hump Daddy for years, but he's he's cuss guy, is Hump Daddy, but he's fine. Like you can play him every week. You can. Yeah, and PPR for sure. All right, hold on. Let's let's check out his game line. Is is his any much different from Didi Westbrook's? I mean, he's been uber consistent for the past month. Well, that's also because that offense passes a bajillion times. 17 points, 15 points, 7 points, 28 points, 15 points, 8 points, 
11 points, 10 points. Like, it's pretty good since week four. That doesn't sound that much different than Didi, though. It's not, but I mean, both are playable if you want to play them. Yeah, but you were saying you were definitely in on Humphreys. Yeah, but I mean, the last, the last four, 17, 15, 7, 29. All right, Humphreys or if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play, Chris Godwin going forward? Ooh, probably Godwin. Yeah, I would lean Godwin, too. I think you were looking for the touchdown, the better ability overall. Because the biggest thing hurting Godwin was the fact that he's sharing half his snaps with Deshaun Jackson. Do you yeah, buy but- Deshaun Jackson, by the way? Do you believe this? Or is this just, I kind of attribute back to early the season when he was trying to get the hell off the team, and now he's got this mysterious hand injury. He, he's visiting a hand specialist. Maybe it's going to ruin his hand modeling career. No, yeah, I, I'm really, that, I, I don't buy this for a second. I think he's just tired of this team. Probably. I would be. <laughs> Here's one before we get out of here, or two more, maybe three more. Josh Adams, are you ready to buy into the Eagles' backfield now? I, I mean, I'm willing to take my L, but I will not. I mean, Josh Adams is becoming worse place for me. I hate that guy. <laughs> that, whoa, whoa, hold on. So you were telling me before that Demarius Thomas was too short, but Josh Adams is now that quickly can be in the worst place? No, I mean, you also have to factor in that I, I'm also just judging this on people I like and don't like. <laughs> That's true. All right, but what? so I've been one of the people that have been – the bit, you know this because we've talked about it on your show. Like I continually bang the drum of don't trust Doug Peterson's backfield because he loves the committee. He loves the committee. I have to say at this point, it's Josh Adams now. Like I've never, I've been the person who said, no, I'm not believing JJ. No, I'm not like, don't tell me Corey Clement. It's not, it's not Wendell Small. Like it's always not the next guy, but this is now a game where we saw he start to break out. He said he was going to be his featured guy. Josh Adams got banged up in the game against the Giants and still carried the ball 22 times. I think we might have to believe. I mean, you always have to believe. you got to be like the Fox Mulder when it comes to Josh Adams. But, I mean, this week against Washington, tough run D. I mean, he doesn't get to play the Giants every week. That's a problem. No, that's a problem for everybody. But Exactly. So he has his best game, and he actually has his worst game in terms of, like, actual efficiency, but he scores the touchdown. He has the long one call back, and that's up against the Giants. Like, haven't we, like, didn't we learn this with Ajayi even earlier this season that people were like, oh, look how good Ajayi is. He scored two touchdowns. He had 15 carries. Yeah, he didn't do much because the Eagles suck at running the ball. Like, let's see what happens this week. I'm very curious. But, like, like, where do you rank him, like, in the pantheon of running backs? Like, he's better than LaShawn McCoy, but he's worse than, I'd rather play Austin Eckler. I uh, yeah for this week I would uh, I actually had Josh, Gordon is out I would rather play him I had Josh Adams at like RB fifteen last week but I don't think I could have him that high this week to your point like he's in that low end running back two tier like there's right. not a whole lot differentiating Josh Adams from Peyton Berber tell you the truth uh talent at least yeah but then I really don't care about that amount mm-hmm. of scoring opportunities that they get amount of touches that they see they're around the same. That's fair. Hey, that, that, that's fair. All right. So, all right. Two more players. I'll get you out of here because, like I said, you have a ton of work. You are one of the hardest working people out there. Is Jarvis Landry done? Pat? I mean, like, what do we look at here? Is it the Baker Mayfield is just turning into Drew Brees and the fact that he's not Drew Brees, everybody? But uh, although the height and there's also some similarities there, but the fact that he's just throwing to whoever he can find, he's not honing in on anybody. And when we had this whole concern at the beginning of the year, before they had trades, before they had injuries, was that if Jarvis Landry doesn't get double-digit targets per game, his value goes out the window. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to do with him. I hate Jarvis Landry. so it's, Is he in worse place? No, he probably should be. But I, I, don't, like, I honestly have no idea what to do with him. <laughs> do, do you? Like, I, just, I, 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 I could tell you something. Like, just stick with it. He's a, he's a low end. He's unstartable and standard. In PPR, you still have to run him out there because he runs these short routes. Yeah, yeah, give me some cliches. Like, but I, I don't know. No, I wasn't saying I was. I wasn't saying that to you. I was no, but just like yeah. When it comes down to some of this stuff, like you're supposed to have a hot take on everything, but some stuff I just throw your hands up in the air and be like, "Sucks, Seattle." Yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, do you if it's if you happen to own him, Pat? I kind of feel like you're stuck, and you just you have to put him in as your like your wide receiver three. Like you just yeah, unless, unless you have a significantly better option. I don't see how you don't. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part about it. All right, so then this will be the last one before you get out of here. James Conner, the second half, has pretty much turned into an RB2. For all, I mean, if you look at the numbers, for all intents and purposes, he's an RB2 now. 
do you think that James Conner is tired with how much they get? Like, he's just the first time that he's ever had this kind of season. I mean, this is somebody who came from college, wasn't used very much, and then you have the college differentiation of games played versus the NFL and the rigors of the NFL. Do you think the NFL is just wearing him out? I kind of do. That he's still playing the full complement of snaps that he always was. I think he was 86% last week, so it's not like he's not on the field. But you just, yeah, you're right. The, the production has gone way, way down. And maybe, like, look, Jacksonville's defense is pretty good. Denver's defense is pretty good. He makes that catch against Jacksonville. All is forgiven, and he has a great game there. So it's been, what, three weeks in a row? Three bad weeks in a row? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think he's a running back one, but a low-end running back one. Like, I'd be hard-pressed to find 11 or 12 guys I'd want to start over him on a week-to-week basis. Mm, all right. Well, then, how about James Conner or Joe Mixon? You're taking Mixon at this point? No, I'd still take Conner. The, okay. the offense is just better. Mm, then, how about Conner or Chubb? Chubb. Okay. Conner or Lindsey in a PPR? Still Conner. Conner last, that's the one had been his one saving grace. Four catches last week, six catches yeah. the week before. Like, he's really, he's really mining value from PPR right now. I think McCaffrey would take over him at this point. Oh, I mean, I, there was no chance I was ever not taking McCaffrey. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see if we can find any more. I think that's pretty much uh, Connor or Aaron Jones. I'd take Connor. Okay. Uh, so, so it's still reasonable, like you said, back end. RB actually still sounds like he's in solidly inside the top 10, like around. Like, I, I would take Gurley, obviously, McCaffrey, Zeke, Barkley, Kamara. Barkley, Kamara. Johnson? Yeah, they're right neck and neck. I'd probably still take Connor just because that offense scores more. That's a fair one. So, like, all of those guys, like, once we get past, like, the big six, and then you have, I mean, Melvin Gordon, if he was playing, would be in that mix, too. Then you have, like, Connor, Jones. Would you have said James White in a PPR before? Before Rex came back, yeah. Or before Rex came back, too. I was going to say before Gronk was back and healthy in the last game. Oh, I mean, I don't think that's going to severely negatively impact James White, but I think this Rex Burkhead thing is going to really cut from his bottom line. It's going to just make him untrustworthy. Do you think you, so that, I guess that's a good question. We'll get out here on that one then instead. Do you think that Belichick's going to go back to giving Burkhead a significant, and I don't mean significant as in 15, but significant enough to, I, it appears you do because you're already alluding to the fact that White is in trouble, not completely, but I'll, you know what? I'll let you answer the question instead of trying to put words in your mouth. How about that? Is Burkhead's back and his impact because how good they've been with Michelle and White, part of me thinks that how much are they really going to give Burkhead? I think we're shaping up to see like a Denver situation here where there could be weeks where Rex Burkhead plays more snaps than James White. James White's always going to have his role in this offense as the pass catching running back. But Burkhead does a bit of that too. It's just a different look for the Patriots when Burkhead's on the field because he can both run between the tackles and catch. Now he's a worse runner than Michelle is and he's a worse pass catcher than James White. But it's just a different look that you don't know exactly what they're doing when he's on the field. Plus they like to split him out wide a little bit. So it's, it's realistic that both could be on the field at the same time. Like, I don't think that Burkhead's a guy you want to pick up and play, but the consistency that we've seen from James White all season, I think goes out the door just a little bit because a, like you said, if Gronk's healthy, that hurts him a little bit. And now if you have a guy coming in to play even 20% of the snaps, that just hurts his overall opportunity to get the ball in his hands. It's a lot like the Denver situation where Lindsay is pulled out way ahead. He's the safe guy. But for a while, like Booker playing all those snaps and Freeman playing all those snaps was just Booker wasn't doing he was unplayable, but he was just undercutting the two of them. And I think right. that Burkhead does the same. Yep. Back to the Patriots of being I don't want anything to do with it because there's more than two. And if I have to be forced into it, I'm taking James White in a PPR. That's how I've always been. And that's what I'll continue to be. Pat. But oh, but we even saw last week, like Michelle's probably the safe guy, but who got the first, like the only goal line touch before Michelle got his? Cordero Patterson for some reason. I was about to say, I don't think Michelle is the safe guy with Burkhead back. I think he was. I don't think he is anymore because of just to your point, who the hell knows is getting the goal line touch because it is Bilicek. But yeah. what I was going to say, Pat, and I forgot the segue. I had a great segue that you cut off and now I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. I love you anyway. That's just terrific. So it's Pat Mayo, by the way, follow him at VPME. And then again, in case you were tuned out in the beginning, listen to this part because Pat, you have a ton of places people can follow you. Let them know so they can get all the great information you have. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the PME, wherever you download podcasts, the Pat Mayo experience. 
which I did have the name before Joe Rogan. So, you know, he copied me. I didn't copy <laughs> him. There's a reason my name is the PME. So you can go do that and just subscribe, rate, review. I mean, I'm, I'm in the push for 10 million downloads this year. So I need to get to that. Yes, right. we need to get you to that. Absolutely. I'm not on pace. And then video-wise, just go to YouTube, DraftKings YouTube channels, type in Pat Mayo. My shows will come up. You will be on my show tonight. Yes, I will be. Their ranking show Tuesdays, their waiver shows on Monday that I was on, and now it's Chris Meany's good stuff as well. And then, are, are you doing a waiver 16, or when do you cut off? I forget. I, I'm thinking about just giving it up after this week. But I, I still want to do the recap show. I like recapping the week, just talking about the week. Okay. So I can just bring, I, if there's pickups to be talked about, I can just bring it up in there. Are you hey, real quick uh, for everybody? I know we just did the kind of your clothes for everything, but are you a fan of letting teams not in the playoffs still make waiver moves through the end of the season to keep those teams competitive? Or do you think if you're out of the playoffs, you should be restricted? Uh, if you're out of the playoffs, I lock everyone's rosters. Okay. That's interesting. I, I don't have, this is surprising to everybody. I don't have a strong opinion either way. I think I, I've played in leagues where people who are out of it have gone and just like, basically disrupted the playoffs see but that see my counter argument is i had to face that guy in week three when he had a strong team i still want him to have a strong team in week 13 while somebody else has to face him finally for that fighting for that playoff spot i have to fight for oh no no no! like once the playoffs start the rosters get locked the guy can oh, do whatever okay. he wants no no, no i'm saying like once you were eliminated like now like if somebody there you're mathematically eliminated week 13 you shouldn't be able to make waivers anymore Oh, no, you can do whatever you want until the playoffs okay. start. Okay, But once the play, like, we, we encountered a problem one year in my league where a guy was out of the playoffs all pissed off, and then he just went and picked up and dropped everyone, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's why once the playoffs hit, you shouldn't be doing anything anyway. Yeah, so we, uh, so we just stopped. We stopped having them have access to the waiver wire. Okay, yeah. I, I, I am in lockstep agreement with that. Speaking of stopping, that is the end of the show. That was Pat Mayo. Follow him at VPME. The Pat Mayo experience over DraftKings. Great stuff. Like I said, you see the show every single week I do with him talking rankings. One of the great guys in the industry, always willing to help out people, always willing to have conversations and good times. So give him the follow. Help him get to $100 million. He deserves it. And again, we'll be back. I'll be back on Thursday for this show, again with Konos and some other special guests. Back tomorrow for the Patreon show. And as a reminder, if you're not signed up at The Athletic, theathletic.com front slash allinsports. You save 30% off your year. So go do that as well. And just uh, support all of us because we're out here for you, trying to hammer away and bring you championships. And even if not, give you some fun along the way. All right. I'll see you next year.